0: And this is Elle. And this is episode 24 of season two of Not Your Girlfriend's Podcast.
1: First, we want to thank all our day one listeners, and welcome to all our new listeners. Remember to subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, and take a screenshot, listen to the pod, and put it on your story. And we'll
0: repost on our Instagram, and you'll be entered in a weekly lottery to win a free Not Your Girlfriend's Podcast sticker.
1: And if you also follow us on Twitter and DM us, you'll get a free Not Your Girlfriend sticker. We're just like giving them out, guys. Come on. Yeah, they're falling (laughs) off the trees. We're also on Patreon, so go and check out our page there. All of this information can be found on NotYourGirlfriendsPodcast.com. And today we're really excited to have a special guest with us today, sex educator Gigi Engel. And would you like to introduce yourself, Gigi?
2: Yeah, hi. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Gigi. I am a sex educator and writer based in Chicago. I'm actually a, a freelance journalist and a sex columnist for Brides Magazine.
1: Oh, amazing. So they can check out your work on Brides Magazine.
2: Yeah, Brides Magazine or on my website, MissGJangle.com is like where you'll find all my clips because I write for everybody.
1: (laughs) Amazing. Um, So we wanted to start the episode by describing kind of our experiences within sexual education and as you can guess from the title, how it failed us. Yeah. (laughs) So Al, can you tell us briefly what your experience was in high school and kind of the teachings?
0: Yeah, so I mean, it's not like a, it's not a no, a novel observation that sex education in high school basically didn't teach us anything. I mean, sure, it taught us about like general sexual health, um, kind of preached the message of like, you know, being safe and gave us all the various like ways to do so. Um, you know, and we went to high school in... The Northeast, in New York, so I think our sex education was probably about as progressive as it gets at the high school level, but it still was focused on... a bit of abstinence and just like the general safety and never really touched upon anything further than that
1: yeah I mean we went to a very similar high school and same experience they never taught you about pleasure Uh, it was more like again don't do sex and if you do do sex this is how you stop it they did like female condoms male condoms briefly on birth control but never about female pleasure which is and then that also brings people to kind of look for other ways to find out sexual education.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm really like at the ripe age of like 15 or 16 and the only other resources you have are like asking your friends or turning to porn. So yeah. I think that, you know, you get a really narrow view of the entire, you know, broad sex education topic um, and it leaves you to kind of figure things out yourself. And so, Gigi, we wanted your feedback on, I guess, you know, how as an adult, you know, you would recommend someone educate themselves and, um, and their partners, which can be difficult. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I think that you guys even getting the sex education that you did is definitely much better than what people normally get. Um, it's it Sex that in America is just a complete and total shit show. Um, the best, I mean, when I got sex education and I grew up, I went actually went to high school in Hawaii and I had what I would consider like a very progressive sex ed experience. But like the best I got was like a condom on a banana and like being told that like, you'll get chlamydia if you have sex. So it was like, You know, not not the best situation. And like, so we we walk through life, especially as women, basically not understanding how our bodies work. And you're never going to hear the word clitoris in a sex ed setting, even if you have like the most progressive sex ed program in the world. I didn't
1: even know
2: um, one until. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I had a very, also very progressive parents. Um, my mom was like super into sexuality and thinks that like everybody should just like have free love and it's kind of great, but she didn't, she kind of had this remnants of like a Catholic, militant Catholic upbringing. So she like, wasn't really sure what she was supposed to tell me. So, um, even with all of that, like when I had sex the first time, I like had some, you know, teenage boy, like ride on top of me for three minutes and was like, Oh yeah, like, well, this isn't for me. (laughs) Um, so like educating your partner, like when you don't have the tools to really figure out how to, um, Experience pleasure yourself can be already be very difficult. Um, and when the focus is on the vagina, because the vagina is the most important component on a female body for male ejaculation, and so that the emphasis is put on the vagina as opposed to the vulva, and we're like calling the vagina, our whole downstairs region, the vagina, like already that just like puts the wrong emphasis and puts female pleasure in the back corner. So it's like when you've been brought up in the sort of female pleasure is secondary to male pleasure kind of sphere, and you're not having these screaming orgasms from uh, sexual intercourse, like P in the V sex, or um, any kind of penetration in the vagina where there are very few touch sensitive nerves, and women don't know that, um, you're going to think that you're broken. So essentially, if uh, a male if a man doesn't feel satisfaction during sex, a woman wonders what's wrong with her. And if a woman doesn't feel satisfaction during sex, she wonders what's wrong with her.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up screaming orgasms uh, for multiple reasons, mostly because they're amazing, if you get them. But also, um, I, I think all porn definitely has a rise and you have to, you know, orgasm when a guy is like PNV kind of sex. And also we've seen a lot of trends in like, like in, in our own personal dating life, with guys like kind of going to choking without even asking, or you know, wanting to do anal sex maybe without asking, or maybe bringing it up, or butt, butt play trends. And I mean, some of those are good, but if you have a discussion for it, but I think guys watch, though it all comes from porn, I watch porn, right? But I see that as a trend in porn,
0: right? And it's like. When those things arise, you know, so early on most of the time, um, where you don't really know someone that well yet, and you're maybe just figuring out, like, your kind of sexual chemistry and balance and things like that happen, like, it's kind of indicative of the fact that they're just playing out something that they saw in porn and that... They think that it's, like, a one-size-fits-all approach that they can just, like, you know, act out these things on any girl, any time, and that, like, everyone's down for it, and they're not really stopping to consider, okay, is this something that she actually wants, and, like, what, you know
1: what is what does she want out of this so yeah I mean how would you even uh, to Gigi how would you even bring up like you seen something cool in porn men or women and you want to bring that up like and it's a maybe first or second time you slept together like would you have a conversation like what do you
2: think yeah I mean I think that uh first of all it's important to recognize that um porn itself like isn't a problem. It's really like, it's a porn industry problem more than anything else. And the fact that these executives like are creating sort of the same pornography that's super shitty over and over again, specifically for a male lens and women's pleasure is very rarely taken into account when you see porn. But like, that's not really porn is not meant to be sex education. And because we have so little sex education in our country and parents aren't talking to kids about sex, like by default porn is becoming the way that we learn about sex, which is why like you see something that might be, might not be something that like most people would want to try like in real life, but you see it in porn and it becomes so normalized from seeing those images. Um, that, it, that you're like, oh, that's definitely something I want to try. Like right away with this person I just met, like, can I tie you up? Even though we've had sex three times and like being able to have this have a conversation about the fact that that's where you saw it, like you saw it in porn and bringing it up to them in a way that it's like, I would love to explore this like fantasy with you or like, maybe we could do it like in a dirty talk way and not actually like tie each other up if you're not interested in doing that, like physically doing that. But um, I think like what, where it really starts though is just like understanding that porn is meant to be entertainment, and like a lot of the stuff you see in porn is like is not is like is often dangerous. Um, there's a lot of times consent is questionable. Um, I mean, yes, the porn actresses and porn actors are are there and are have consented to be in a video. That's why they're in the porn. But like, if you see some of the, some of these videos, it's like, like almost like a sexual assault. It's like written into the scripts.
0: Yeah, and it's even in the title. It's like, you know, uh, teacher forces self on unsuspecting student or like something weird like that it's just the way that they're even like titling the video makes it yeah. seem like it's not consensual on both sides
2: um i had a like an ex-partner who was like really into watching he, like, he was really we were we were into watching porn together but he had like the worst fucking taste and we were like we were watching this one video where like this girl it's like this wasn't really the problem it was like the girl was like sh- like on vacation. she's having like a threesome a threesome with two to two guys and like that's totally fine but like at one point like they're having like vaginal sex and then the guy's like I'm gonna put it in your butt and sh- or whatever and she's like no I don't think so and he's like come on you like it it's it's a new thing and then he just does it anyway and I was, like, I was like somebody wrote that
0: right and that's like why is that the message that we should be putting out there for people to watch and then think yeah I should probably try that
2: Because it worked. Yeah. And then like, you know, porn ends up making us have these, it makes everybody self-conscious about sex because it's like, if you're not having, if you don't have, you know, a hairless vagina and double D fake boobs and blonde hair and a size, and you're not a size two and you're not like having sex and then squirting like a fire hose after you're finished or you're not into bukkake, like you're somehow not. Sexy enough, and you're not good enough, and that's just like a really fucked up message to be sending young women. And again, it's not really porn's fault because like it's not meant to be sex education, but that's all we see.
1: Right, exactly. So where would guys go for I guess a, a more normal experience of sex or viewing mm-hmm. sex in a, a a normal way, like in an educational way? Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, if you want to watch like actual good porn, I really like Trenchcoat X. Um, I think they make really good. more female focused porn videos that have a lot more, there's a lot more clitoral, there's tons of clitoral stimulation and oral sex on women. And like it's much more high quality shooting, which I personally appreciate. Um, Also Cindy Gallup founded make love, not porn which is where like, yeah, where people can upload videos of themselves having sex. And she basically, her goal is to make sharing like your sexual experiences as common and normal as like sharing your vacation photos, which I think is like such a cool and powerful message. Like it's, like I personally, like I'm, I'm not even personally in a place where I would want to upload a photo of me having sex, like, cause I still have this ingrained sex shame that so many of us still have. And like that would, com- and that would compromise my, uh, credibility and stuff which it shouldn't um because sex is a natural normal act and like why shouldn't we be able to share it but it's like we're not really like there yet but it's a really good way to see real couples having sex with each other and like enjoying themselves and it's like it's so real and like there's it's so funny and like you see like the it's a lot of it's funny like because sex is fucking awkward sometimes and like they show all of that and it's not this like perfect thing where it's like everybody's just like having screaming orgasms constantly and getting like pounded and it's amazing so so i really i really like that site cuz it's just like a really good, a good way to see real shit
1: so what I personally would love to see in porn is more women using toys and both me and Elle have experienced guys in the bedroom and this is maybe not off the bat maybe not the first date but second or third and you ask like hey I, can I use my vibrator like that would get me really turned on and I always flip it in a way it's also like I can put this near your balls and it'll feel really <laughs> good like I want to try this thing on you first right? and then it'll like transition to me yeah. and uh, I've got a lot of backlash and so he, is yeah you. a lot
0: of guys have been like intimidated off of it and their like immediate reaction is like oh like do you really need that am I not enough for you and they feel like emasculated by something that would be good for both of us and bring me more pleasure um, because it makes them feel like they can't do it themselves although half the time they're not really trying to do it themselves anyway
2: yeah I'm always I'm always disappointed and and sad when guys still have those feelings. I mean, I had a guy, I thought that the world was a lot like more woke than it is, but like, it's really not. Like I had a guy I worked with at a very liberal like media media company who was like, oh my God, I would never let my never let my girlfriend use a vibrator like that's so masculine. like I would never do that and I was like what are you talking about you freak
1: yeah like she's probably using one without you
2: yeah it's like it's like okay cool so you don't want your girlfriend to have orgasms like that's sweet awesome
1: my first vibrator was actually a gift from my long-term boyfriend like i never oh, even thought asked. of buying one um he yeah he was great and and it was like i never thought of buying one for myself as a personal use i was like my hand is fine and then no it isn't yeah <laughs> completely changed but also i think making guys like feel more aware of toys and making it open the bedroom and but the fact that like a, a straight guy had to give me my first pleasure toy for myself, right. is insane. Right. I
2: mean we and we also we don't learn, you know, we don't learn the the good sex toys about good sex toys that we should be buying. Like I my first sex toy was like this gnarly, like disco white vibrator that was like a rabbit made of jelly and it had like these like rotating silver beads that were just like horrifying, and I held on to that thing like way longer than I should have. I like found a photo of it, a photo of me with it, like for some sex photo shoot, and I was like, oh my god, I still had, I had that thing for like, oh
1: my, god, like probably a decade. It's so gross. So, what would you recommend as a first sex toy? If someone's listening, and they're like, oh, maybe I should get one. Well, that's
2: I get this question a lot because a lot of times women think that or, you know, female-bodied people in general think that they need to get this, like, like all vibrators are these, like, giant phallic, like, dick toys. And it's, like, and that's just so not the case. There's so many different options. Um, they are super, super small, cute little vibrators that are, like, are not terrifying or, or phallic, and they don't always have, and they... Most of the time, you don't, might not even want to go inside of you because, again, like your vagina is not where you're going to have most of your pleasure. So um, I love Finn from Dame Products. It's like a little, uh, a little seafoam green or tangerine colored depending on which one you want little vibrator and you put a little it's teeny and then it has a strap and you put it over your your fingers and then your hand essentially just becomes a vibrator and then you can use it with your partner and you don't even have to or by yourself and then you don't even have to think about it it's just there
0: right is that like battery operated or rechargeable no it's rechargeable um i
2: always recommend like buying toys that are either body safe silicone or medical grade if you can get it dame makes medical grade silicone toys which is like really awesome and it's a company founded by women so you know good people to trust um for people with lower price points like it's totally fine to get battery operated sex toys but more in in general you're going to get more use out of like the, the more high quality usb rechargeable toys
1: yeah and couples should totally start incorporating that like into their sex life. It's hard because I mean, a vibrator kind of feels. It's even like a tiny one kind of feels like it's in between you in a mm-hmm. way. Yeah. That's so true. if there's anything like a guy could use that, it wouldn't be like I can control. Maybe on my hands. So that like goes on your fingers, right? So yeah. Okay. And like, there, and there's also just you know, little, little tiny vibrators. Like,
2: um, Crave makes the Vesper, which is like a necklace. It's actually a necklace that's a vibrator, and it's really small. Looks like a it looks like a little shell casing, kind of like for a bullet, except like longer. I'm not even sure how to describe this. It's like a long shell casing. And it's really surprisingly powerful. And like you can just hold it and it's like so small that it's not gonna feel like there's anything getting in between you and your partner. Like I really like using um my like giant wand vibrator with my partners, but like yeah, it definitely it does, does feel like it's like, like the know, third person
0: you're, in you're the you're, room. You're, you're there, you're between you. Yeah. Guest appearance.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like i mean from when you get more advanced with with sex toys and you get more comfortable using them um and just make it be have it be a part of your regular routine um it'll become easy it'll become easier to have those conversations and like you'll be you can't get so confident with using sex toys when you use them so much with yourself that like it becomes a not almost a non-issue in conversations and a deal breaker with sex partners where it's like if you're with it's an automatic red flag if a partner's like, "Oh no, I don't want to use a vibrator." It's like, "Ugh, I don't want to have sex with you."
1: Yeah, but totally. Are you dating anyone right now, Gigi?
2: Oh, I'm dating everybody.
1: <laughs> we're in that boat too. Yes. <laughs> um, so we're 25. I'm 25, and Elle is 24. What's your age range? I am 28. 28. So what do you? What's your age range when you look for guys?
2: Um. Well, currently, I'm like I'm liking to I like i like them, I like them young currently. Yeah. I'm, kind of cutting off at 25. 23 is more preferable. 22 to 23. Really? Low. Interesting. They're young, hungry, and willing, and these guys are way more woke and more interested in sex toys and trying weird shit.
1: That's good. I mean, I've, I'm always for younger guys, and it's not really... The, the bedroom stuff that get me down. It's more of the fact that they're not open to maybe relationship or continuous dating. They're usually just there right. for like a hit it, quit it right. situation. Yeah, I feel like I'm such a hoe that that doesn't affect me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, see, I've had like the opposite experience where like I will not, I'm 24, but I will not date a guy who's under 26 because I find that in the bedroom they literally just want to like pound like jackhammer into you for like five minutes and that's it. Like they won't open their eyes to anything else. They're not really, very are giving. Um, and that's been my experience with, like, uh, more than a couple guys. So, at this point, I've kind of just cut them out of my rotation. So, wherever you're finding these sexually woke 23-year-olds, maybe you can direct us our
1: way, yeah. Don't date American, guys. Mm. We are totally on the same page with yeah, that. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we had a, a whole episode, we went to Europe, and basically had a guy in every city. It was
0: yeah, amazing. oh my god, I had a whole, oh, like... Yes sexual retreat like a fucking three-day <laughs> sexcapade in sweden
1: um in i September. love that i'm spending three weeks in january with one of my british lovers so that'll be fun ah that is amazing um, I'm, a, I'm gonna be there in feb so maybe i'll see you <laughs> <laughs> um well, your lap. let's meet up yeah so um, meeting guys what is your preferred method in real life apps kind of a mixture of both
2: i don't use dating apps i i mean i'm but totally get. I, I just haven't really needed that. like I don't know. It's like I meet people out in public. I'm really like an outgoing energetic person and my brother who is, is actually my roommate and my best friend has like a ton of super hot friends who I all just rotate with them I'm sure he loves that is oh. he single how old is he <laughs> actually he is single and he is 29 and
0: excellent right in my age range
2: great ever in Chicago
1: I'd cook you out.
0: <laughs> and, <my baby.
1: laughs> and you're coming out with a book soon so what's that about
2: uh, yeah, I, my book is coming out, uh, in a, actually it's coming out in a year, so it's like really not particularly soon, but, um, it's a feminist guide to being slutty and living your best life. So I'm really excited about it. It's like part sex ed, like part, um, like embracing your sexuality, um, and, you know, getting on with your bad self. So I think it'll be educational and hopefully really funny.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Amazing. That sounds great. Um, So we, I've been on Reddit for a while and been responding to a lot of our dating problems. And it seems to be like a lot of women around their 20s have a hard time finding a guy who wants to date them long term, which we watched a Swipe documentary all about online dating. And it said that most women are on dating apps to look for a relationship and most guys are on there looking for a hookup. So it checks out that they're having a hard time finding guys. But the real question is, should they embrace their singleness at that age or like to someone who wants a relationship? Or is that just like the, I guess the series that it is right now?
2: I mean, I think that it's it's not necessary. You will find somebody who wants to be in a re- relationship with you if you just um, if that's if that is what you want. Like somebody is going to want to date you and somebody is going to be is going to want to have that long-term thing with you. It's just like look for the signs. Like if somebody's not interested in something long-term, we have this like really bad habit as as women, I think collectively, where we like don't listen to the words that are coming out of a guy's mouth like they'll be like I'm just looking for something casual or like oh let's just see where this goes or like um I'm not looking for anything serious right now and instead of like listening to that and being like they are not interested in anything serious right now I compete with that we're like oh like he'll come around like maybe he'll change his mind and then we end up wasting our time with these guys who like are not looking for anything serious and it's not, it's not necessarily like your fault that you did that because you may have gotten wrapped up and you wanted it to be something more than it was, but it's like, listen to the fucking words coming out of somebody's mouth. And if they're not interested in having a relationship with you and you want a relationship, move on to the next person.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think we spend a lot of time, like even just us personally, like decoding signals and breaking down, like what there are
2: no there signals and words there, are, behind there, there words. are no games and there are, there are no games. Like, if he's not texting you back, it's because he doesn't want to. And if he's not making time for you, it's because you're not a priority. Move on. Find someone else.
0: We are such a big fan of the he's just not that into you, like, yeah, theory.
2: Like, don't, like, don't sell your, people, like, we have our bar set so fucking low for people, people that we date. It's like, no, they should be fucking obsessed with you. And if they're
1: not, bye. Yes. Yes. Literally, that's in my OKCupid okay profile. I was like, what are you looking for? I was like, someone utterly obsessed with me. <laughs> <That> <laughs> no, I'm all okay. for that. <laughs> so what kind of um, sexual trends have you seen on the rise lately?
2: Um, I mean, the biggest one that I'm seeing recently is like guys getting more interested in like prostate play and pegging. Um,
0: I
1: mean I pegging.
0: B just learned about pegging uh, a
1: few dates ago yeah, yeah. I went so on a date with a guy and he we were like 98% match on OkCupid okay which means nothing which I mean <laughs> I filled out a lot of questions <laughs> I like to think it means something. So we're talking and we're having our first date and he's, um, he put, he's very very sexually open, open to like bondage and, you know, like role play. And I was like, cool, like I'm into that stuff too. So I asked him to elaborate while we're waiting for our drinks to come, like our first drinks, which is probably not the best time. And he was like, yeah, um, you know, I really like um, switch rape and I love like pegging. And I was like, what's pegging? Um, and he explains it to me and which is if the listeners didn't tune in a couple episodes ago it's like when a guy, when you fuck a guy with a dildo on in his ass, and I was yeah. like, oh, okay, uh, that's what that is. Interesting.
2: I mean, this guy sounds like he's like super sexually open and dope, but like you don't talk about that on a first date. Like, come on.
1: for the first
0: round of drinks even get there, like on a first like, date, I, I love pegging, and I'm not trying to be
2: like, I want to fuck your ass with a dildo. Is that cool? Like the first time I meet somebody.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you like pegging then? Yeah, pecking's dope. So what I there's nothing sexier
2: than a guy who, like, it's like, there's this weird thing. It's like guys who are afraid of putting stuff in their ass or because they're like, ooh, like, I'm going to switch the gay button and then I'll be gay and you won't like me anymore because you will think I've emasculated myself. And it's like, well, you see, that's actually making you look way less confident and way less sure of yourself because there's nothing hotter than a guy who is so confident in his own sexuality that he's like, I love having shit in my ass.
1: That's true. I do love, and, it, and that's why I like European guys because I find them to be much more open with vibrators and butt playing and things like that. Oh, my God, yeah. But, uh, the, like, the experiences
0: I've had where guys have responded well to a vibrator and been like, yeah, where is it? Go get it. Have been with, yeah, I'm counting, yeah, all non-American men.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's such a different vibe. It's just like, that's the best advice I can give any woman. It's like, just don't date. American guys.
1: Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I do find the butt play as a very big rise. Like I've been single for basically a year and a half, two years and very actively on the dating scene. And Lately in the last, like, year, a lot of guys have been asked for, like, rim jobs to get, like, a finger up the butt. Just, like a little something down there. Yeah, and back there. I mean, like, back there. I mean, I'm cool with it, and that's totally fine. And I think they're, like, they know what they want, and I was totally respect that. Yeah,
0: I mean, I feel the same, but also I don't want to stick a finger in some guy's ass on the first date. That's just me. Like, I feel like maybe we warm up to that, and we get there in time. But when it's,
1: like, very off the bat, like... I guess when do you have those conversations like what what time when is it okay then to bring out your vibrator and then say I want something in my butt?
2: I think you can you should be able to bring out your sex toys the first time you have sex with somebody. Like if not necessarily not pegging, like if you like you women need clitoral stimulation to have an orgasm. So like if you like to have your vibrator during sex, introduce that really early. Because you need to like set up those boundaries being like, I need this to have an orgasm. But play stuff is more like getting adventurous. It's not like necessarily, well, I guess some people do need prostate stimulation to have an orgasm, but that's that's a small fraction of people. But that's more like adventurous. It's like you need to be sexually comfortable with somebody and have a sexual repertoire that's already gone on and have had conversations about stuff you want to explore And then, and then you start exploring those things. You don't just like whip out a strap on, on the first date. Like people are not going to, some people will be down for that. Like people in the BDSM community, for instance, might be interested in something like that, but you have to like, for not a lot of people are going to be like, yes, fuck me in the ass with a dildo. You can get there if you want to get there, but you can't just like, you don't whip out the big guns the first time you meet somebody. It's like, like, Have those conversations later. Like, feel it out. Read the fucking room.
0: (laughs) And if somebody absolutely is, like, maybe you guys have great chemistry, you know, in every other way, but they're just, like, not open to all of, like, the sexual fantasies that you have, would you say that that's, like, a total deal breaker?
2: No, 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 not necessarily. I mean, I think that... Even if you bring up, you should have a a relationship where you feel comfortable talking about any of your sexual fantasies, but you do have to realize that, like, not every person is going to be interested in every single thing that you want to do. And there are ways around that. Like, you can maybe just have a dirty talk scene where you just talk about it a little bit. Like, maybe they'd be into that. And if they're not interested in it at all, like, you're going to find another fantasy that you're both interested in. There's like a million things. And it's pretty unlikely that you're going to find somebody who's so perfectly sexually compatible with you that your fantasies and everything you want want to do sexually is going to perfectly align every time it's like you might be into something that like your partner's not into or they might be into something that you're not interested in. And like, it might be a deal breaker for some people if it's like a very serious fetish um, or like a fantasy that they like cannot do without. Like for instance, like maybe you're, you're real like you're a woman and or a, a woman in this instance, and you're really interested in like ravishment role play. And that's like a, a like a big thing for you. And it's like the biggest turn on. And maybe it's, like, so important to your sexual well-being that, like, a partner who doesn't want to do that with you, like, makes you lose interest. And, like, that's that's okay. Like, you don't have to feel bad about that if that's something that's that important to you. It's, like, everybody's different.
1: Yeah, I think sex and openness is really what is the takeaway from this. Because there's definitely, like, I've had guys who've had fetishes, but fetishes and other things that they're really into. And at first I'm like, oh, this is a bit weird. But... And then I, and then I got into it because they were so turned on by me and like maybe my yeah. body. I never thought was sexy and then I was like, yeah, my feet are fucking sexy. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: listening. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's something that you're not, like you weren't yet, like you weren't turned on before, like even just seeing like how into it your partner is can, can make you into it. You won't necessarily work that way every time. I mean, like, there are going to be a lot of fantasies where you're just like, yeah, this looks like not going to be, that's not going to work for me. And that's okay too. But like, yeah, seeing how turned on somebody gets by something can be very sexy. I think like what's really important is feeling close enough to your partner where like, even if they're not, Interested in the fantasy, like they, you know, that they're going to come from a place of empathy and are going to be kind and understanding about it and aren't going to shame you or make you feel bad about it. And ultimately, when you're able to have those conversations, you end up feeling a lot closer to your partner because you've been able to share that and they've been receptive to it, even if they're not interested in trying it. They were open to hearing about it.
1: Yeah, and I think being receptive is really important. And, you know, just kind of being open and accepting. And, I mean, there's a lot of, let's say, like, missionary style, the most vanilla sex ever. Maybe if that's where you're starting... I think it'll be easy to introduce maybe a role play dirty talk as like a low level introduction into like spicing up your sex life, maybe get into some bondage and blindfolding. Like I find that all very, it's not, it's not the norm for a lot of women I speak to and men. And I've actually been with guys who've been much older, you know, like, like let's say not much, but like late twenties, they're like, no, I've never been tied up, never been blindfolded. And that's like super hot. Um, Maybe role playing with Dom sub stuff. If you're into that, maybe that down the line, but there's a lot of ways to spice up your life in a very kind of easy transition, Yeah, especially if you're starting out from, like, the most vanilla sex in the world, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but, like, (laughs) sorry for you, here are some things you can do. Yeah, so
0: I think, like, the big takeaway, the message that I'm hearing in all of this is communication, 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 and that's, like, I mean, when we did our first really, like, sex-intensive episode, which was What's Wrong With Sex in 2018, which was episode two or three? Four. Four, Um, so really early on, I mean, that was our big takeaway then. And it it still remains true because that's, that's how you get there. That's how you get to that exciting sex and find like your, I don't know, find like your, your best
1: compatibility and chemistry with someone. Yeah. And if they are open to that, then thank you. Next move along. (laughs) And like you said, there's tons of people out there who are willing and ready to date you for whatever you're looking for. Um, So we're going to close off this segment, Gigi. Thank you so much. And for our followers, where can they find you? Um, Yeah, you can follow
2: me on Twitter, uh, Gigi Angle, and Instagram, same Gigi Angle. And all of my stuff is on my website, MissGigiAngle.com. And uh, if anyone, readers have questions, you can always email me at gg at MissGigiAngle.com.
1: Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been really eye opening and I feel empowered right now. Yeah. To go have right, sex. We're glad. Yeah. Really glad. <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> okay. Right,
0: great well, Thanks, Gigi.
2: No problem. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks. Yes, you too.
1: Bye. 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 So that was a great segment. It was. Yeah. I think I, I learned a lot and I learned a lot about our shit. We got a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah. And I
0: think that it's just constantly reinforcing that men need to be on
1: your level and that they need to, I don't know, they need to work for it. Yeah. And there's good guys out there I think is a better takeaway from this. Like, there are definitely guys that fit your sexual mold just because you haven't met them yet does not mean they're out there. And also ladies, you know, like, say what you want in the bed, experiment with toys, put it on your Christmas list, maybe not for your parents to get. Maybe treat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Buy your own sex toy if you don't own one right now. Yeah, and there are like so many websites
0: that are super discreet that will like send it to you in like an unmarked box and not put it on your billing statement. I know this from experience because my mom has access to like my online <laughs> and I was terrified that she was going to see like Adam and Eve on there and ask what I was buying. Yeah. But it came up as like Something, like, so generic that I, I can't even remember what it was. Yeah. And I think
1: Amazon Prime sells some um, sex toys, too. Mm, but that's so. in your Prime history forever. And if you share a Prime account with your family like I do, yeah. that's a problem. I if you don't, full steam ahead. Full steam ahead. Um, On on that note, we have uh, an email from a listener, which we're going to read to you right now and give uh, some feedback. So this is um, E, uh, female 25, writing in. Hi, girls. I'm a second-year medical student who is part of a regular study group. After a few horrible dates, one of my friends who is in this study group started getting a series of sexually harassing emails in her gmail account that we used to share notes these emails have made her very upset especially after her unpleasant experience with men so we decided to do some google research to find out who the asshole was after searching the email username that was used to send the harassing email we opened up a can of worms we wish we never had the search popped up with several nudist and gay cam-to-cam websites with the same user, student, same user of another student in our study group, a married student who has a wife who is 6 months along and a 3-year-old son. After confronting him about the accounts and the email, he pretended the email was hacked and that someone used his name without his permission. 15 minutes after the conversation, all the accounts, including his email, suddenly disappeared and were deleted. Normally, we would let this go. However, having this individual continue to study medicine and cheat on his wife has really put our morals to the test. Do we confront the dean? Do we tell his wife, help? Oh, boy. So
0: a lot of stuff
1: here. A lot of stuff um, to unpack. I mean, okay, first of all, they're med students and... I mean, they're in a study group. Study groups are usually formed as, like, friends. So this guy is now forever in your study group, and it's also, like, what do you tell your study group when you're like, I don't want this guy studying with us anymore? Right.
0: I mean, like, for me, I think that the fact that they confronted him already, should, like, I would assume that he's either out of the study group at this point or that he's maybe voluntarily left the study group. Um But like for me, if this person was in my study group, I wouldn't be afraid to go to the rest of the group and say, I'm just uncomfortable with this person being in the group um,
1: and leave it at that. Yeah, but, like, okay, these are two girls, and I'm guessing they banded together because they're only two females in the study group. So, also, this guy's defense is that he was hacked, which is, first of all, a fucking lie, because they don't just disappear 15 minutes after. Right. And I hope these girls took screenshots of the email and the harassing emails and all his account names. I really hope they took screenshots. Yeah. Because if you, without screenshots, it's literally their word against his, which, in 2018 America, isn't a great... Stack against them,
0: right? But then I guess that begs the question of like, if they do have the screenshots, they've got all this information. Where do they take it? What do they do with this? Yeah, I mean, it's uh,
1: so going so, to the dean is like really fucking up his future. But also, it's like, can you go talk to the professor before? With the professor, are you to do anything. I guess kind of cutting straight to the dean is kind of st- taking a step above it. You know? I mean,
0: but I think that if they think that he's which I agree that he is, if they think that, you know, by sending sexually harassing emails, he is violating, you know, some kind of university code of ethics. So the dean is the appropriate person that you would go to. And it's not like that. It's not like an individual professor could just kick him out of school or like, I don't know, make him fail the class or something. So really, I think that if they wanted to take action, the dean would be the person that they go to in a school setting.
1: Yeah. I mean, oh God, he's like, meh. so it's so, so many things are weird about this. The fact that it's like a gay cam to cam. And then as, I mean, he's bi, but then harassing emails to, I wish I had these emails. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could see them like, show us the emails. Yeah. Um, but okay, I don't know how you know, sexually harassing these emails was like, I want to fuck you or come over, or, like, you're, you're so hot. Like, I don't know how specific they were. Maybe if the language was specific to, like, what she looked like, it would be proof that he knew her in real life. So I find, but if it was just kind of like a regular sexual, <laughs> a regular sexually harassing email where it's like, I'm gonna fuck you so hard, you know? Like, right. it's, it's hard to say that it was him. And he's using the, like, deny, deny, deny. Right, but
0: I mean, I still think that, like, it seems like a bullshit excuse. It's even bullshit. Even if you're telling, like, someone, like a third party, like the dean, for example, who knows nothing about either of you, just say, I was hacked. I don't know how this happened. Like, it just seems very unlikely. And I think that, I mean, okay, so let's, let's talk about, like, what was actually, what they could actually go to the dean with. Because when we kind of looked at this email initially and talked about it, there were two kind of, Two issues here. So the first issue is the sexually harassing emails, and then there's the issue of of this like you know online alter ego with like a nudist gay cam to cam um, username. And so my opinion on this is that if you're gonna go after this guy and you know do something about it, I don't know if it's right for you to kind of out his online nudist gay. Yeah.
1: Uh, Presence? Yeah, it's so complicated because now he's out and he's gay online. But does his wife know he's gay? I don't know. Is he even gay? Is he bi? And then you're like kind of blowing up his, you know, spot a right. lot. But then again, how can he be so stupid? To, right. Like, Why would you choose the same username?
0: for your email that you're going to harass, like, another university student with.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's stupid for sure, but, like,
0: what do we do? Yeah, I think that really the point here that they, you know, need to pursue him on is the sexually harassing emails. And I think that, I I don't think that they go to his wife with that. Um, Honestly, I just, as much as, like... Maybe they might feel some kind of responsibility because his wife, you know, they have a son and his wife is pregnant with another child. Like, yeah, right. You're going to ruin, like, a marriage and a family. Right. Like, (laughs) I, I don't know if it's their place to go to the wife with any of this information. But I do think it's their place to go to the dean and say, this other student has sent me sexually harassing emails and needs to be, you know, like... Like needs to have some kind of consequences for that, and I think that just in taking that conversation to the dean, that the, you know, that the student here will realize like that they've already, I mean, and they've confronted him already, so like they'll, he will realize that they could come out with this other bit of like entirely separate, like damning evidence of saying that like oh like we know because we found his nudist gay cam to cam website username and and all of this shit. So I think that. If they go based on, you know, just the emails that he'll kind of put two and two together, that if he tries to deny, 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 that they've got more ammo to
1: take him down with. Yeah. I mean, I, I think going to the dean is probably something you have to, because you don't want this guy to, like, kind of get away with it and think it's okay. And I you, I you don't want to blow up his, like, sexual gay identity to everyone in your study group and your professor and all of that. But leaving it at, okay, this guy was in our study group was sexually harassing me via technology and email. Like he should be penalized for that. Yeah. He
0: absolutely should be accountable for his actions. So I don't think that it's something that
1: you can just let
0: go because of all the other stuff tied to it. And I think that he'll, I mean, and, and hopefully he'll realize like, even if he's not, you know, even if the Dean doesn't think that it's enough evidence for you know, to kick him out of school or whatever your end goal here is with that, at least he'll see, okay, like something came of
1: this and like there was a conversation. So, and that'll hopefully make him not do it again. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think somebody needs to be told and I agree. Like, it's weird to tell his wife. I mean, it's like a regular kind of cheating situation. It's the whole question of, do you tell the girlfriend? Do you tell the boyfriend? If you have evidence, you know, do they deserve to know? And I really think, no, like, yes, they deserve to know, but like, also, like... Is it your place to tell them? Do you want to get in the middle of that whole like, shit show? Right. Obviously not. It's like, not even just like a girlfriend. This is like a wife with, like, who's pregnant and like, pregnancy hormones and all that shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know how well that's going to go and maybe he needs to come out in his own time you know maybe this is something he's been doing but like uh. And, and
0: that's fine like that's his that's his burden to bear so to speak yeah but the, the harassing emails is, is not okay, and that no. definitely needs to
1: be addressed. Yeah, and the fact that they got it from a study group that happened within the university or on university grounds to a university email, that makes it a university issue. Right. So I think you're totally good to go to the dean with your friend. Hopefully you have screenshots. And it's up to the dean to really penalize this dude, and hopefully he would, and in a discreet way, just say, like, I want to make, maybe you can say, like, I want to be anonymous when I say this, but, like... Like, you know, say, I, and honestly like if he's done this to you guys in the study group it kind of makes me feel like he's done this before yeah so it's possible like this is not like an outlier kind of situation I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he's done this literally before in other study groups with other girls on campus right. and other guys on it, campus
0: yeah it might just be the first time it backfired on him yeah
1: so it might be the first time it backfired so now you're building a case against this dude so next time this happens to some other girl or some other guy like they know that it's on his file and he's flagged so right. he can't just Keep saying, oh yeah, my account was hacked again, so weird. Yeah, no. So, yeah, um, and then figure the study group, uh, I guess I would try to have a maybe not so honest but kind of like a, a blanket statement conversation where it's like I don't think this guy should be in our study group anymore if you guys don't want him in the study group or you might you might think that it might be opening a whole can of worms again but like if you I wouldn't want this guy in my study group and I would definitely go to my other fellow friends in the study group and be like hey um, we got anonymous sexually harassing emails from his email account he says it's not him we know it is like let's just make a Starbucks now <laughs> Let's just. <laughs> do something completely like just right. out of the study group yeah and a study group again it's like per course right so the course is going to end maybe mid-semester or half-semester like it's as long as it's not the same group of people in the same class
0: right I mean like for med students I'm sure that like people in your year are taking like generally the same like requirements or the same classes and stuff as you so I'm sure it's like you find yourself in these smaller circles but that doesn't mean that you need to be stuck with that and it doesn't mean that you need to continue you know, being in a situation with someone that makes you uncomfortable for a very valid reason. So, I think that you're you have every right to you know take some kind of action against it um, from like a university standpoint, like getting them out of your student group, your study group, and then talking to the dean. Yeah,
1: um, that's where we stand. To yeah. Like,
0: well, E, thanks. Um, if you're listening to this, thank you for writing into us, and yes. we really hope that that helps. Um, email us. Let us
1: know how it goes. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, if anyone else has any other questions that you want to ask me and Elle, feel free to write in. Um, we have a form on notyourgirlfriendspodcast.com. You don't have to put your email. You can only put your email if we can, we'll reply back and tell you what episode is on. That's right. the only reason we need your email. But there's totally an option that you can just put a submission, ask a question, and we'll answer it on the podcast. So yeah. it's totally anonymous. Right and if you want even you know if you're
0: still scared and you want like even more of a sense of anonymity you can always reach out to us on our Reddit um, our Not Your Girlfriend's podcast yes and like let us know any kind of issues that you're dealing with and we're happy to give you our advice um, if you want us to talk about it on the pod we can and if not we can totally just reply to you offline
1: so um, well <laughs> offline might not have been the best word
0: <laughs> off the podcast off
1: the podcast yeah off air um, and this wraps up our episode for this week well, different format yeah but um, hopefully you enjoyed it something new yeah. yeah next week we have a Christmas special that we're going to release on Fuck Boys. yes get so, ready it's our present to you this is our Christmas special to you so definitely while you're home with the fam that you may hate and try to kill yourself a little bit after like eight days in a row of being in the same house yeah come come on to the podcast and uh, we'll have some fresh content for you yep all right well thanks for tuning in guys yeah this um okay well sorry i was like this is being bye okay (laughs) so much i didn't need it okay love you (laughs) okay cool thanks bye um okay let's tune in next week bye bye